Hello and welcome to the Unqualified Huddle. Uh, we are here as a threesome once again. Hello, Shadow from Vietnam. How are you doing? From, from Hanoi, yes. I'm still kicking, like uh, loving loving my time abroad. But you know, I needed to keep keep make sure you know make sure that the quality of the podcast was was it was so, still going. So your your thing is you're trying to save the podcast by coming on. Thinking, oh, the quality has not been good. I better come on and, and show these guys how to do it. Hey, I've been listening in, listen, listening in. You can't, you can't deny my commitment from all the way in Vietnam. But <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm doing great. Um, Thailand, Laos, and now Vietnam have all been amazing. Um, and honestly, I'm looking forward to continuing my travels. Good, good. Well, let's let's talk. Uh, move on quickly to Shamil, as he was the only representation of the unqualified huddle at the London Games. How was it, Sham? True fan. Um, I met all my fans, signed a lot of autographs, took a lot of pictures. Um, just joking. Uh, I went undetected, so it's all good. Uh, but I let I met a couple of fans first time traveling to watch an NFL game. Kind of disillusioned with our football or soccer known as. There are a lot of fans from uh, Jacksonville there uh, ahead of me. They were making, uh, they made it fun. The, the overall experience in London is so good now. We've been to these Wembley games. The the fan zones outside, um, the little entertainment areas outside the stadium. They do a really good job. The NFL does there. Um, the the only know. issue is getting in the tube back. Yeah, it's a long way. It's the the travel back. That's a Wembley horrible. issue. Um, I was going to ask though, because I saw a lot on like Twitter and Facebook and, and whatnot, people saying that it, there was a lot of empty seats at the stadium. Did it did it feel empty? What was the what was no, the official? I mean, where like... I was in the lower bowl, it was very is very packed. Um, do you know think... Do you know what the attendance was? Did they tell you? Yeah, the they said eighty five thousand seven hundred, eighty six thousand seven hundred. One of those. That's about what it normally is, right? That's, yeah, that's it's a really good know. attendance. Um, what 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 do we think about when? When do you guys think that we could realistically get a London team? An expansion? I think logistically it's not feasible right now. About travelling uh, from US to here to playoff time. There's so many competitive disadvantages. I, I agree. Uh, I think we're about 10 to 15 years. I, I agree. I think logistically, that there's an argument could be made both ways. That it can be done, but also that it is too far. Because you, you think about it, like if you've got, it'll be a scheduling nightmare. Because if you've got like people coming over, they'll have to play basically on their bye week the week after to recover, and that's basically what happens like now, right? With the teams that come over, normally they get their bye week after, um, and then on top of that, like you've got a team in London that has to play eight other games. So like, how are they going to yeah travel? The only way the only way to man- manage it essentially is like to do eight games in America on the trot. Which then doesn't make much sense. No, and that's competitive disadvantage. Yeah. Like also lack of quarterbacks in the league. The reason they I... protected the quarterback so much is the NFL's revenues went down so much from injuries of their star franchise or when they did get injured. Like Aaron Rodgers and New York Jets finding out. Yeah. There's what uh, half the league are still looking for their guy. But at the same time, I think the expansion would outweigh the um net loss from a lesser quarterback from rosters. Do you know what I think would be the, the perfect option for them right now? Bring back NFL Europe. And do what with it? No one wants to see a secondary league in Europe. I I, I, I think they would. If you if you promote it properly and you... 20,000 fans will show up. No, yeah, I, 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 I disagree. Think, 
I personally think, um, unfortunately, it probably isn't feasible until like 2040. Um, but I think the best way to go about it is kind of what they've done. Introduce some games in Germany. Uh, you can get some uh, fan bases going and then you can do a Europe conf um, division. You can have a team based in London, based in Germany. And a, you get another couple of fan bases interested and you can do a... a European division, but I, they, they still have to go European division. But there's still the logistics would have be an issue. The expansion will first happen in Mexico or Canada. Yeah, it, it, it makes Europe. it makes sense for it to happen in Mexico or. I Canada. mean, there's talks of a Madrid game next year. Yeah, as well. So makes sense. Spain, Spain's got a healthy appetite for. So as uh, so as again, like rumors with, with the game in uh, Brazil in Rio potentially, as well as Australia. All yeah. of those markets make so much sense. The, well, the, but, the thing the thing is, there is a European league where they which they're trying to build up a European league of football, um, where they it's semi pro at the minute, so that they can afford a bit more players and stuff. They can pay some wages and, and things like that, make entice better players to come off to it. But like they, they've got so many teams in Germany and so many teams like in Austria, in Austria and around yeah. that area. That they're like that is the biggest market for the NFL in Europe. 100%. And that's what they should be focused but on. At the end of the day, no one's going to watch an, another product outside the NFL. The Amer Amer USA has the same issue. XFL, USFL yeah. merging. Sure, it's a good product, but no one wants to watch anything other than the actual NFL. I, th I think there's a bit of NFL fatigue, though, is what sort of happens. Once you get to the end of the season, you're sort of, in somewhat, you're a little bit like relieved that you've, you've made it to the end. I know then... Maybe the break's too long, and maybe maybe you don't want that. Maybe they could do it where they half and a half the year. So, like, for the, the time that the NFL is not running, like, they're, they're doing the training camps and where they're doing the other, like, draft, things like that, they could run another league. But I don't know. But anyway, let's let's move on anyway and, and talk about um, just the exciting game this week. I mean, there's plenty to if exciting games, but it's the one that I want to sort of highlight for us. Jags Falcons, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, just before I move on, uh, did either of you watch any of the? Well, Shamal probably not because you were at the game. But did you yeah. see any of the Disney um, broadcast, Shan? It was uh, amazing, and there, there were a few glitches, like the first touchdown to Ridley. Um, it looked like it was an incompletion. You had uh, the the claw, as the aliens call it, picking up a player. Um, but other than that, I I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I saw a little bit of it, and I thought it was amazing. I, it's incredible that they've got the technology to do this in real time. And I feel much like the Nickelodeon broadcast for younger viewers to try and entice younger people to get uh, keep their attention for longer and stuff. I think this is great because like that's the one thing with NFL. I mean, it's the same with any American sport, it feels like, but like NFL in particular is particularly long. So then to keep people's attention for the whole time, when when you're older and stuff, it's a bit easier, but as kids... It can be a bit harder, so I feel that's great. Um, I feel like the reception in America is the same, but particularly we're talking about Europe and the UK. Uh, for the, for our fan base, it's a, it's a great way to get fans who wouldn't be wouldn't be into the NFL. Like all three of us, when we went to university, that's how we got into it. But via this, I think this can get even younger fans into it. Yeah, I I completely agree. But uh, the glitch, I mean, don't forget, it was a two, three minute delay from the real feed um, on Disney. But I, I do want to talk a little bit about the glitches. They're on tracking devices. With those glitches, do we then trust like uh, data analytics, pro next gen stats kind of thing, PFF stats? If there's glitches on that. 
Are there glitches in there? I mean, it, I mean, it's a, it's a bit different though because there, there's glitches and as they're trying to do it in real time, essentially mm. render and animation of the same game. That's very different to me than you know people assessing the game after it happened. People like doing it in, not not in real time. You know, they get more time to look at the stats, look at the figure stuff out, like with the touchdown, like you said. You know, they're not going to make that mistake as to that it's been a touchdown. What did you guys uh, overall think of the game, though? Like, the Jags and Falcons. I thought the Falcons' style plays really well in terms of what the Jags want to face. The teams are are who we thought they were. Yeah, Uh, Desmond Ritter is bad. It was a dead game for me. Like, it wasn't a good game because it was sort of... It wasn't an exciting game. It was clear the Jags were going to win. And then when it's clear the Jags are going to win, there's not really much more to excite me about it. There's no real competition there. Uh, that's how it that's also it. felt in the stadium. After the first quarter, it was a bit like, this is an easy Jags win. Like, yeah. Everyone knew it. Saying that, though, the third quarter was vintage Jags, um, almost bottling, bottling the game. Um, you had some questionable play calling, Trevor Lawrence under pressure. I'm not a fan of Press Taylor's play calling either. Like For me, the, the biggest... I suppose, uh, cliche, which I agree with, is players not plays. And you need to find a way to get your best players, i.e. Calvin Ridley. And even ETN on some some easy pass completions. And and I feel like the Jags play calling under Press Taylor isn't as creative as it needs to be. I, I, think with, as well. I think with Ridley, I was listening to a lot of Jag stuff today. And um, with Ridley, he was one-on-one quite a few times against AJ Terrell. But they... They wouldn't throw to him. They didn't trust him from the Houston game. Yeah, but he's one of the elite talents. He's shaking off a bit of rust. You need to get some easy plays to your best players. Like, you, there's only rarely instances. Yes, Jalen Ramsey, I remember one particular game where Aaron um, Rodgers couldn't, couldn't find Nelson. Uh, it, it sort of ignored Jordy Nelson completely, but I feel you need to target your best players. Okay. Let's move on, as I've tried to push the conversation forward a few times, to the best game of the week. Might not be the best game for some people, but Bills versus Miami. It came into the week as being the most excited matchup, the most exciting, uh, to see sort of, realistically, are the Dolphins who they seem to be in the first few weeks? Or are they still sort of like the little brother still trying to catch up with the big brother in that AFC East division? For me, I watched the game um, and I thought it was very much like that. I feel like the, the Bills are a bad matchup for the, the Dolphins. The Bills are built to like slowly move the ball, even though they scored a hell of a lot of points. This is, I feel, a bit of an abnormality to them. But I mean, it was just a calamity of errors in some ways for the Dolphins. Um, Diggs absolutely torched their, their backup cornerback, who I don't know, but our friend Scott kept telling me how poor he was playing. Kahovu, I think. Um, I'll get the name wrong. I know I will. Kahovu. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like you're right. I think this was a good litmus test for both teams. And the Bills, we criticised them last year for their lack of pass rush. This season, they've got the pass rush going. And don't forget, Sean McDermott's taken over control of that defence. Leslie Frazier's basically left the team. Um, that was interesting. We did have that fear about the Dolphins, right? They kind of negated it with their creativity in the first few weeks. But it showed us ugly head that they don't deal with that pressure really well. Well, it, it, 
the the issue really was for them what really when it really started to that the tide started to turn was when Teron Armstead went out of the game injured. Um, he he's basically their only sure thing at offensive line for yeah. them right now. Outside of that, I feel like their offensive line has always been suspect and like I, I don't trust any of them. And I feel like they can't negate that. I feel like Armstead brings such like a, a veteran like sort of presence and leadership on that line. It sort of can help steady the ship a bit. But outside of that, like they didn't, they don't really have any anyone like that on their line, and that's sort of a worry for me. But it's not just that; like even defensively, I just feel like their defense isn't that good. Like offensively, Too, yeah. Is it? I I think they're fast, but they're not very powerful compared to like Buffalo's O line can move move men. They're they're people movers. I don't think um, the the highly paid defensive tackles of the Dolphins aren't having the impact that you want them to have. Ginkle, Van Ginkle had two sacks. They've got a lot of issues at cornerback depth and injuries. But, yeah, I mean, Josh Allen was his best. This is, it was this probably is one, one of his best games, games, yeah. yeah. I, Perfect I'm, not worried, I'm not worried about the Dolphins themselves later on in the season, um, as long as they make the playoffs. Like, you, the team will rally around Fangio's scheme. They'll get used to it. You'll have Jalen Ramsey coming back. The issue is... In the playoffs, which I think we all expect them to get there. I have Dolphins winning their division, which looks questionable now. Is can they go toe to toe in Buffalo when they play again? That's what I'm that's my worry. This matchup. Simon mentioned it earlier. It's the matchup, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they, this they, is, they didn't they didn't they even need to run well. James Cook. Like uh, their running game has been good this year, but on on the day it was just Dicks. This is this is the thing though. Like to to win your division is like one thing, but you're not just trying to win your division. You're trying to be the best team in the in the league, basically. You're trying to beat everyone, so you can't be better than like just the teams in front. You've got to be better than everyone that you play. The the thing with the Dolphins is unfortunately they they play this division where they play the the Bills twice, and the Bills. Are, I know they. I think they beat them last year in one of the games, but the Bills were sort of off last year, and I don't feel I'm getting that vibe from them this year. Like we said, the defense seems to be um, playing better. I know Tre'Davious White is out yeah. for this season with a oh, Achilles. Oh, oh. That looked bad. Yeah, well, he's just come back from an ACL. Yeah. Came back from an ACL, so it's kind of upsetting. But like, I just feel like, yes, I expect them to get to the playoffs. But realistically, if they come against some of these other like powerhouse teams, are they still going to be able to match up? I know they've got more time to to get into Banjo's scheme and all of that. But are they defensively are they going to match up? And even on the offense, because it's like this was the first true defense that they faced, and they didn't really like, like sell do the task. Because every other game the offense has played, I mean, the other games were against uh, New York, which they struggled, uh, or was it Patriots? Sorry, that they they struggled a bit. Patriots, uh, yeah. The Chargers, whose defense is very suspect, and the Broncos, who who didn't turn up. So, like, for me, well, they could be a team that come trade deadline. They're looking at that O-line, trying to add something there. They That's how I to. feel about that team. They I think to. they need to, yeah, if they're going to make a run. But right. Tredavious White is going to be a big loss as well for Buffalo because they have cornerback depth issues. They have depth issues in general last year. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But they get Von I'm... Miller back, back practicing this week. But let's move on and, and talk about uh, something I'm, I'm a, bit, uh, a little bit interested in. Teams that we thought would be pants that are actually keeping our attention that we're actually a bit excited about are there any teams in particular we'll start with shan shan is there a team in particular for you 
which you are a bit excited seeing that you didn't think you would be. Okay, it's, it's, I'm going to answer half of that because I had the Ravens winning their division. But so having said that, they are actually smacking that division. Like They're embarrassing the Steelers, Bengals, Browns, and they've not even hit fifth gear yet. Like, this team are still working things out in Todd Munkin's offense. Lamar is still working out, but he's running amazing, he's passing amazing, and they've got some injuries with Beckham and Bateman, but it doesn't really seem to matter, and obviously Dobbins as well. Um, I'm excited to see what this team can do later on in the season and in the postseason, most likely. Yeah, I mean, not who I thought you'd go for, but a good pick, like, fair enough. You thought I would go Well, he wasn't going to say the Rams in division, is he? Well, no, but I thought he'd go for his actual team who are playing better than what... But I know he wants them to tank and get uh, Caleb Caleb Williams. No no comment. Uh, no comments <laughs> are too good for Caleb Williams, to be honest. <laughs> so, like, I, I agree with that. Ravens are, are doing well. They are they are absolutely smashing that division right now. They are they do seem to, seem, seem, to seem, seem to be the team that are in, like, the running to, to win that division. I feel like the Bengals' problems is what sort of helped them, though. I feel like the Bengals weren't having this offensive issues and the deep like the defense was playing what we thought they would be. Um, we wouldn't feel as confident about the Ravens, but you know that's that's what's happening. So. I think the Bengals issues are here to stay. So do I. I don't see it going away anytime soon. But it's just it's not after how they finished last season and how they've been like the last couple of seasons. You you didn't expect the Bengals to be who they are right now, and that's that's what I mean. Um, for me, I like if there's a team that I'm more excited by than what I didn't think I would be, it's got to be the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I know they're, I think they're two and two at the minute with the yeah. overtime win against the Ravens last week, but and then they lost in overtime to the to the Rams this week. But like, it's, they're just exciting. I I didn't think they would be Anthony Richardson in particular. Yeah. The rookie, the rookie. He could, he's going to be good for a long time. His his stats, though, there have been a couple of games. I think it was week one and this week where the box score doesn't look amazing, but you watch him play and he looks different gravy. Like he looks like one of the elite quarterbacks of the future. But I, I feel like, you know, the the conversation still to be had. There's not a lot around him, like mm. what you what you would want. So like he's he's a rookie quarterback realistically at receiver who who are we excited about in their receiving core maybe Pittman but Pittman's like even a so-so a... he's a so-so they don't receiver. have the speed right they don't really have big speed they, they just I think have... a... sorry well they just don't have anything that excites me they just have so-so they're so-so their defense is playing lights out though like, that's one thing to be said they're playing they're playing well on defense uh yeah I mean it's a good scheme for, for Sirianni uh, my team, I'm going for it within that division. Unfortunately, as a Jags fan, the AFC South is what I thought the AFC North would be. It's competitive, all teams two and two. I'm going with the Houston Texans. Yeah. The things we mentioned about uh, Anthony Richardson, I think CJ Stroud has looked even more uh, productive quicker than I thought, especially with that Texans offense. I thought they needed more work. But Nico Collins is feasting. Tangdell is. Um, CJ Stroud looks ready now. Well, there was a lot of issues. Like, there's a lot of talk about him coming into the draft, wasn't there? That he he wasn't ready, 
Um, he's got like maturity issues and things like that, like personality issues, things like that. The man seems to be like the best of the bunch in a lot of ways. He's the born enough. There's two testers in shambles right now. <laughs> yeah. the, the, thing, the thing as well, like I saw reports that he, he hosts like the team around his house for dinner and stuff like all the time. He's trying to be a good teammate. And that, that's a good, like, if you're a Texans fan right now, you'd be feeling pretty good about this. He he did apparently did that in college as well, but we didn't hear much talk of it. And it's one of the dark sides of the drafting because teams get these narratives about these players and you see a lot of things about these players, negative things, to maybe try and get these guys to slip in the draft. And now he's playing amazing. You hear about all these stories which he didn't before. But I'm I'm excited by him. I don't I don't like the hate that Bryce Young's getting on the other side, but these two will probably be always be compared in their careers. Yeah, well one and two they're always going to be, but Bryce Young's in a horrific situation right now. So it's not, you know, it's hard to judge him. It's like any uh, yeah. rookie TVs putting that. I, mean, like, I, was, I was high on Frank Wright. D'Amico Ryan's you were high on a lot, Simon. Um and it's showing why. It's changing the culture. That that's the thing. That's the, the with the Texans, D'Amico Ryan's was a, a really good pickup for me. I felt like he, he deserved the head coaching role before then. Frank Reich, like it's the same as what we said. We, we saw with the Colts. Like and, and don't get me wrong, we were all in the same boat of like saying this was a solid pickup. But when when you've come from having Matt Rule as your head coach to having Frank Reich, you think, you know, that might help. But it still it still doesn't seem to change much. But then it's not just I don't know if it's just on right, but like personnel issues and stuff, like and like, you know, the actual roster. That there's nothing on the roster that stands out to me. You know, Especially a receiver, weak receiver. Yeah. One of the uh, worst. We, we feel him being your top receiver right now is sort of like worrisome. Yeah. yeah. Well, one one point just before we move on, I suppose on the on the topic at hand, uh, the Texans their move up to get Will Anderson is looking like a good move. They're, they're looking like they won't be picking that high. And they've just, they're just they just establishing a culture with CJ Stroud, Will Anderson, and D'Amico Ryans that they that everyone hoped would happen eventually, but it's happened quicker than I think we anticipated. Happened much quicker. And, like, you know, I feel it's just, they, they needed the culture change. With everything that happened with Deshaun Watson and everything that happened there, they needed the, the culture change to, to happen. And it really has. And, like, for... Um, the last few seasons, it's been really poor there. So, like, I'm I'm glad in a way that Texans fans have something to look forward to now. You know, it's it's they deserve it. If you if you're still a Texans fan, fair play to you. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> let's let's uh, move on and finish up then with our unqualified players of the week. Um, we'll start in Vietnam and ask Anna what he thinks. Uh, Derek Henry, like I speak to everyone in Vietnam, they're all fans of the King. Uh, <laughs> Every everyone in Vietnam has told you they're Derek Henry fans. Is that that's what you're telling me? Uh, well, not really, but I can tell. You you go around and you can tell that you, get, you everyone, get that vibe. You get that vibe. Yeah, yeah. Like people might say they're not Derek Henry fans. Everyone's a Derek Henry fan. Um, <laughs> running the ball, passing the ball. His career stats passing, I believe, are like seven of eight completions for four touchdowns. Um, forget the 122 yards he had on the ground. The man, his, his the his him being washed. There were, there was some talk about that from people who don't know what they're on about after his portion against Cleveland. But even with this horrible O line, he carries that team on his back. 
and um, yeah, take a bow. Well, I, I feel like they need to do this more, though, lean into Henry, but they, they sort of tried to go away from it, I feel like, it's the start of the year. Especially in that Saints game. Like, when they played the Saints in the first, in the season opener, like, there's so many times, like I said, they should have won that game because they should have just let Henry run the ball. He was averaging, like, six yards of carry, and they were moving away from him, trying to get uh, Spears involved and trying to get, get Tannehill to throw the ball. And it seems like what you should be doing is just letting Henry throw the ball. Like that seems to be the smartest option at the minute in Tennessee. I mean, we all we always said that offense is going to go as Henry's going to go, and they try to move on from him too quick. Uh, but Tannehill needs to step up a bit, and he I thought he, he did. delivered I in this he game. Did. Yeah, he did against his tough Cincinnati defense. I'm going with CJ Stroud as my unqualified player of the week. Two wins in a row, putting up 30 on the tough Steelers defense. No one's saying that Steelers defense is bad. Um and and um yeah that team is bad though yeah I mean Pittsburgh yeah we did say Trubisky is uh probably plateauing Canada's not a good fit something needs to happen there but CJ Stroud breaking all sorts of records two more tuds three hundred yards passing clean game uh for me I'm going on a an oldie but someone that's had sort of a resurgence game because you've not heard from him in in years I would say since he's moved to the fine city of Los Angeles. However, against the Raiders, he puts up six sacks. Reminds us who Khalil Mack is. Um, I mean, there's not much more on the box score. It was six sacks and I think about eight tackles. So <laughs> he, he only really contributed two more tackles outside um, of the sacks. And the Raiders helped him. I'm not going to say much more than that, but like, come on. And, the, and yet the Chargers still <laughs> only just... just, they only, just scraped, only just scraped a win. But like... Mac of the day, but this this is more. I mean, it's, it, fair play to Matt. You've got to give him his flowers for for getting six sacks. But it comes more onto the Vegas coaching staff for me. Like he was only double teamed twice the entire game, and it's like no one else even sniffed a snap a sack. Like no one else had a sack except for Khalil Mack. So it kind of feels like for me, why would you not cover the guy who is rec- like? actually making the tackles. Why would you not put an extra pressure? Even if you don't want a double team, at least use a tight end to chip, you know? Yeah, at least and, and they weren't like doing that. Illuminal was not, it was a mismatch, but also Aiden O'Connell, a rookie, was holding on the ball so long in that game. He didn't have an internal clock. He's a rookie, but he got called out by his head coach then after, which I don't get. Um, Josh McDaniels, I, I, I don't think his head coach material is a great coordinator. It's one of those where I think there's is enough it, proof now. Is he a great coordinator or like this is the? He's a better coordinator than a head coach. That's hey. what I'm saying. Oh, is 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 he the second coming of Adam Gase? Like latched onto <laughs> a Hall of Fame quarterback and then just rode that success? Because because like it's the same argument to be made with Belichick right now. Like this is this is what I'm hearing a lot of. Like Belichick without Brady is actually under 500 with wins was nah, get out of Brady. it well I'm, I'm just saying what the facts are saying that's all I mean it's always going to be players rather than plays right no like, <clears throat> talent shows but you've got to get the right pairing for me uh, Belichick the issue with him is is the GM of Bill Belichick rather than the coach yeah, well did, did you see the before we finish did you see the um, after the game the interview that he gave where people ask him about Matt Jones, why did they take him out, and why, like, will he play next week? He just shut down. 
he did he didn't want to answer and then he didn't answer was what happened they asked him a question and he waited for 10 seconds to not give an answer yeah i've not seen what brian dayball said after the giants game and daniel jones looking um, pretty awful last night against the Seahawks. Me, me no but dayball needs uh, to take some criticism show some leadership don't yeah, put your quarterback under the bus when he's just thrown a pick like you, you need yeah. a, you need a do you know what they should have done? Do you know what they should have done? They should have signed Barkley to a longer-term deal, not Daniel Jones. And, and Daniel on. Jones should have been tagged. But also, yeah, I agree. Dayball's got to take a lot of criticism for how he showed up. I've, I've never been a huge Daniel Jones believer, but come on, prime Tom Brady struggles behind that O-line with that receiver call. I, I agree. He's, he's got um, no pieces around him. One player which I feel we have to mention uh, as an honourable mention for the qualified player we, he's kind of entered the Bill Belichick Mike Tomlin level of mythology so we never mention him but you have to the really the, the qualified player of the week is Christian McCaffrey like, no no no, yeah. no 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 we're not yeah. doing this just because he's on your fantasy team you cannot like just come in with a wild card unqualified huddle pick that's not how it works unqualified player pick that's not how it works you can't just just because he's on your fantasy team that's such team. an unqualified view about things <laughs> And on that that bombshell, and on that bombshell, every single week. And on that bombshell, we're leaving it there for today, and we will uh, we'll be back later on in the week to give you our week five game picks and discuss about upcoming games. Until that time, though, see ya. Peace. Bye.